Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love Have any of you ever sat around a campfire with friends or family and visited and just enjoyed some life together, maybe a s'more or maybe just some conversation? Uh, It's a good time, and that's exactly what's described in this story. I happened to have some friends come into town this weekend, and so on Friday evening we got together and sat around a campfire. And those times around the campfire, they're just so great because uh, like so many times before around a campfire, we had some snacks, we had some drinks, we had some stories, we laughed together, we remembered together. Uh, Those conversations around campfires can be both deeply profound or really silly. (laughs) Campfires do a great job of really just setting a mood that's kind of different than almost any other kind of setting. And so in that sense, it's so fitting that that's where Jesus appears to his disciples in this story. If you think of any time you've been around a campfire, That's exactly the situation of the story that we just heard read. It was a group of friends who hadn't seen each other for a while, sitting around a campfire, sharing a meal together, sharing stories, and then, of course, so much more, because Jesus is more than just a friend, but is our Savior, our life saver. And so uh, this theme here, like I said at the beginning, is from our Vacation Bible School theme that we talked about with the kids. And one of the things we did as a part of that Vacation Bible School was tell the story of Jesus' passion, like the end of his life at death, and then the resurrection, the story that we just read. And the one of the ways we did it was with buckets. And so I don't have the big buckets up here, but I brought some coffee cups here. And so I'm going to tell this story once again, because this story sets the stage for the resurrection story that we just heard read, that uh, story of fishing in a campfire, starts with the life and ministry of Jesus. And then we get to the end as we walk through those final days of Jesus's life, death, and then resurrection. That's what sets the stage for the story. So that's the story we're going to tell with coffee mugs. Because what you'll see is the story starts by kind of going down, down, down. Things are looking bad, but then they turn around and they start looking up again. And so really the story of Jesus' passion, we often think about it starting with, and I also have some photos to go along with it. And so we often think about Jesus' passion, that part of the story, starting with the Last Supper, with the one last day on this earth, what Jesus chooses to do is gather his friends together for a special meal, the Passover. It's what we call the institution of the Lord's Supper. It's Holy Communion that we remember and celebrate, this last meal that Jesus shared with them where he says, this is my body given for you, this is my blood shed for you. And so he gathered with them in a room and shared that meal. The sad part of that meal was he also shared the news that one of them was going to betray him. 
And so after the meal, then they went outside. He said, I want to go pray. And so he said, you all stay awake while I pray. And so then he went to pray, and he came back, and they were sleeping. And he said again, please, no, really, stay awake. I'm scared. I'm nervous about what's coming. I need you to stay awake. But they didn't. They fell asleep. And so pretty soon, soldiers came, and they arrest Jesus. They arrest Jesus, and they bring him to trial. They bring him before Pontius Pilate and Caiaphas. Caiaphas, the religious ruler, Pilate, the you know, government ruler, uh, both people of power, and both are a little hesitant to convict him because it seems like a, not a real solid case they're building. But the people persist, and they say, crucify him, crucify him. And so they do. They sentence Jesus to death. And Jesus goes to the cross where they strip him of his clothes, they beat him, they hang him there, and he dies on the cross. And so Jesus is there, dead on the cross. That's Good Friday story that we think of and remember in Holy Week. And so we come to that Good Friday story, and they take Jesus off the cross, and they lay him in a tomb. And it's the tomb where the story picks up and starts to turn around, but it's that dark tomb where Jesus is laid that is dark and cold, but not for long. It's three days later, Easter morning, that Mary once again goes, and as I said, things start looking up. Uh, Jesus uh, is not there when they arrive. The stones rolled away. They see an angel. Mary runs out from there, and she runs smack into a very familiar face. The face of Jesus is there looking at her, and he gives her very important instructions. This is where, if you are following the biblical story, this is where Mary and those other women become the first preachers. And so did you know the first preachers were women? How did we even let guys into this uh, uh, profession? Because the women did a pretty darn good job that first Easter Sunday. And so uh, that's exactly how it goes. She runs into Jesus. She can't believe it, but she takes that good news and she runs to tell the disciples because that's what Jesus said. Jesus says, you are the first to know, but I don't want you to be the only ones to know. Go and tell everyone. And so she does. She goes and she finds those other disciples and she tells them this good news that Jesus has been raised from the dead. He's no longer dead. He is alive. And so they celebrate that news. Jesus will appear to those disciples a few more times over the next couple of weeks. But then those disciples are kind of tired and worn out from this whole experience. And so what do they do? gone fishing. Uh, They go fishing. This profession that they had had from the beginning, they go back to what they knew to fishing when all of a sudden someone shows up on the shore and says, hey, you guys having any luck? They say, no, we're not having any luck. He said, well, why don't you cast the net on the other side? And so they try that, and a net full of more fish than they could count is uh, caught, and they get to shore, and they realize it's Jesus. And they sit around a campfire, and they laugh together, they eat together, they tell stories together, and Jesus tells them about this job that they have to do next, to start the church. Great joys of the resurrection after the great trauma of Jesus' death and resurrection. This is the passion story, and that's all the story that sets the stage for this nice little campfire gathering that the disciples are experiencing, told with coffee cups, no less. 
there isn't a lot of movement in the story. And I think that's the idea uh, of these coffee cups and the flipping is that there's movement from really great, exciting things to really hard things and then back again uh, is how the ministry and life of Jesus goes. And I think it's so interesting that after all of the trauma and fear of Jesus' death and crucifixion, and then after the excitement of his resurrection, they're just worn out. (laughs) Those disciples are just tired out. And so they go back to the thing that they've always known, fishing. If you remember when Jesus showed up and called them to become disciples, what were they doing? They were fishing. James and John, they were fishermen. Peter was a fisherman, and they said, throw down your nets and follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And so then after years of fishing for people, they go back to fishing for fish. And Jesus shows up to remind them that actually they've been called to something bigger than fishing for fish. They've been called to fish for people, that that's still their calling. And so they have this miraculous catch of uh, 153 fish, but who's counting? And uh, they enjoy a campfire together. Another way that this story is told is in this song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Uh, The story of how Jesus is our lifesaver really is told in this song, uh, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. We're going to sing it here in a few moments, but I just want to pause to look and reflect at these words because I I look at this this song that was written over a 100 years ago, and I think, can a song that is over a 100 years old both tell the story of Jesus from 2,000 years ago and the story of us and how we experience life still here today? Is that even possible? I think it is. (laughs) Uh, Because just look at these words. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and grief to bear. It's the story of how Jesus is our Savior, our life saver, bearing our uh, sins and griefs. And so what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. But what peace, we, what peace we often forfeit, oh, what needless pain we bear. Sometimes we don't always reach out for the help that we need. Whether that's reaching out to God who's always there or reaching out to the family and friends, people who God has raised up in our lives to support us during difficult times, sometimes we forfeit that peace and experience some needless pain because we just think we can handle it on our own. But this song encourages us to carry everything to God in prayer. Uh, The next verse here, I'll just, there's only three verses. I'm just going to walk through these three verses. It says, have we trials and temptations? Yeah, I think so. I think we all have trials and temptations. Is there trouble anywhere? Yeah, sometimes it really feels like there's a lot of trouble in a lot of places. But we should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. We do get discouraged, but it's a calling to return to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? I hope so. I hope we can find friends who can gather around campfires and support us when times are going bad. But even if we can't find those closest friends, the promise is that God is there, that Jesus is the friend. Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. We don't even have to go into details of what's going on with us when we come to God in prayer because God knows our story. God knows our every weakness. 
Finally, then, are we weak and heavy laden, uh, cumbered with a load of care? I don't know about you, but sometimes I do feel weak and heavy laden, and I don't think I've ever spoken the words, boy, am I cumbered with a load of care. (laughs) I don't think I've ever said that, but I think I know what it feels like to be cumbered with a load of care. I maybe haven't said that phrase, but I've felt that feeling where it feels like the weight of the world, whether it's your own stress and anxieties or the stress and anxieties of the people you love that just weighs heavy on us, we can feel pretty cumbered with a load of care. The precious Savior is still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise forsake you? I hope not. Uh, (laughs) I hope it's not gotten that bad that your friends are despising you or even forsaking you, but sometimes those relationships uh, falter as well. But the relationship that will never falter is that God will never turn away. Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms, he'll take and shield you. You will find a solace there. Like I said, this song is written well over 100 years ago. And it tells the story of how we can experience God in our lives and how God and Jesus shows up as our lifesaver day in and day out. And it tells it all in rhyme. I mean, how about that? Can can we ask for more? This is the promise that we celebrate that's told through Scripture that we can tell in interesting ways with coffee cups and pictures that we can tell and hear and celebrate with song. It's a promise that no matter how cumbered you might feel, no matter how weak or heavy laden, God is there. Take it to the Lord in prayer. I heard someone recently say, uh, they asked, you know, does prayer work? And the answer was, I know that praying works. It can help reset how we see the world around us and connect us to a God who is always there. We might not always get the answers we're asking for or the results we're asking for, but the simple, not-so-simple, complex gift of going to God in prayer, of praying, there's power in that. So let's celebrate together how we have this Savior, how we have a lifesaver in Jesus, and let's sing together our hymn of the day, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.